Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Welcome to Friday Sprinkles, and we bring you tidings of great joy. Tidings of... Oh, wait a Comfort and joy. We are doing a live show for you. Cause you couldn't get the BFI tickets. Because Jesse is such hot property. And those BFI patrons, those fuckers are like dialed in. Yeah. Those are some engaged fans. <laughs> People with a BFI membership, right? Engaged. I just had an idea. Would you consider doing a solo episode, uh-huh. but as a light opera, like an operetta? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> This live show, then. Live show. It's a 30 Rock live show. I, ju- I, just want to be, I just want to be clear with people that you have no intention of doing the live show as an operetta. I think that might actively damage ticket sales. I agree. And I'm done singing this episode. I, I had maybe like a hair of goodwill and now it's all gone. So I'll stop singing. Have there been any complaints about your singing? No, but there was another fucking complaint this week, which really hurt me. And I'm not even going to talk about it. Okay. But I'm becoming a hate figure again. <laughs> It's not funny. It really hurt me. I walked around feeling like a dirty, disgusting I'm not laughing at what happened. I'm laughing at you describing yourself as a hate figure. I read a nasty email to me about myself. I'll I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you because I am We've really coaxed that out of you because you're very reticent about saying what it was. Because you share your shame and then the shame goes away. Share a secret. A secret that a share cannot hurt you anymore. (laughs) Someone wrote in and and it was... I, I felt it was genuinely hostile telling me that I was dis- that my whispering is disgusting. It was like seriously fucking stop fucking whispering now to whoever and look unfortunately I can't fucking cater to your fucking needs. We've become derailed. Mhm. By you becoming a hate figure, when in actual fact we were sharing great tidings great of, of course. good, good tidings, good tidings of great tidings joy. Yeah. joy. Um so we are going to do a live show. By the time you hear this, the tickets will be on sale. Wednesday, the 24th of May, we will be at London's glittering Soho Theatre. The show will go from 7.15 till 8.15. And then I think we'll hang out in the Soho Theatre bar. Like we can all hang out and talk about succession. You don't want people to come and... Uh, no, I want someone to come up and be like, the pod Sarah, is amazing. The pod's That's what amazing. That, that person you're brutal, who said about but your, you're warm. The person who sent you the hate mail about your whispering. Do you know what? I also got another message that I felt was saying that they thought that my whispering was sexy. So you were reading that between the lines. Yeah. It wasn't there in the words, but you just got a sense of it. You're making fun of me, but I do think it was, I genuinely think it was this guy being like, I think I might be kind of into your whisper. 
suffering. And then this other person being like, it's fucking disgusting. I almost can't listen to the podcast. That's not what she said. But I also read that between the lines. Please keep listening to the pod, but it really hurt my feelings. And I can't stop doing it just because you don't like it. Sorry. So come along. Please. I think it'll be fun. We understand that people are disappointed that they didn't get tickets to the Jesse event at the BFI. So we've thrown this together. But I think we can all be together. Oh, and yeah. it'll be an exciting week building up to the finale. We will have all watched episode nine by then. We'll have a great time. And we're not just doing it for you. We're doing it for us. We want to sit with you little fucking snitchy slime puppy little bitch bags. So as of hearing this, go check the Soho Theatre website. Please buy tickets. Please bring your friends. We really need a big, fat, full room so that if it sells out, then we can like go on social media and be like, oh, we sold out. And then all my fucking enemies can see my social media posts that I had a sellout show. We do not want these people to have a sense of schadenfreude. What I'm and we don't want is... Sarah's hater to be thinking, yeah, that serves you right for all that whispering. You would have shifted some more tickets. Who do you want to sell out? The young 20-somethings who do their little viral clips every day. Them or us. Just a couple of sweeties in a very expensive house in North London who (laughs) really want to look like we can play a young person's game. I am also young. I really need to, like, adopt that mentality. All right. Oh, one more thing. Mm -hmm. If all that wasn't enough to entice you to buy a ticket... What if you're eating of a oh, Jaffa cake God. and, and a, a Percy pig it's gonna happen happens live on, stage live on stage and someone records it? And then we'll record it for the crowdfunder supporters. I mean, this is genuinely filling me with terror, but yeah, let's do that then. Great. Think that, that'll, yeah, that'll, that'll get that, us over the line. There we go. We just sold every ticket just then. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get into the email. The first one comes from Sarah Freethy, who, aha, I used to work with Sarah Freethy many years ago. Aha. Uh-huh. A good egg. And um, I believe she is now an author. I think her debut novel is coming out later this year from a major publisher. It's called Porcelain Maker. And you didn't know I knew Sarah when you put this email into the... No, 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 no I didn't at all. Yeah, I liked... Yeah. I liked um, she she makes a couple of important she's points. Not a, she's not a Nepo baby. No, not, not a Nepo friendy. <laughs> Nepo friendy, yeah. And her nickname is Snitch Bitch. Snitch Bitch says, Dear Jeff and Sarah, I wanted to write and make a small prediction. As you know, Roman said the name Kerry in a slightly ominous fashion during the funeral chat. My guess is that he is going to take her as his guest of honour so the eulogy could be quite the thing. Now, the reason we wanted to include this is Jeff was looking at the transcript and actually he's saying carried as in C-A-R-R-I-E-D. Yes, yeah, so, so one of them says, fuck Marsha, and then another one says, seconded. And then Roman, it says in the transcript, says, and it does make sense, says carried, like the motion is carried. Like the motion is carried. But I will say about this transcript, it does get stuff wrong with some frequency. The transcript also said that Coco Van was coconut. Oh, yeah, someone told me about that. Yeah. Snitch Bitch continues, Overall, I firmly believe that Connor and Willow will be the winners of succession. They have somehow found a partnership where each gives the other at least some of what they need. He's got more political relevance and leverage than he could have ever imagined, and she may genuinely save the world from Mencken. Connor seemed as much relieved as grieving, so I think on balance, they will come out best from all of this. I do in some ways think Connor has already won. Yes, I do as well. Because there's something in the way he's grieving, which despite the fact that he's going and sitting next to the corpse every day, that suggests that he's broken out a little bit from the shadow of his father. And they both understand the terms of this relationship and it kind of works for them. And I think Connor knows himself 
better than the other three children. And people who know themselves ultimately can be the happiest. And I think that's part of the message we're getting about Connor here. Mm. He accepts his limits. He doesn't, doesn't accept his limits enough not no, to no, run no. for president. Sorry, but but he, right, exactly. As I said that, I realized how stupid it was. But I feel like personally, he understands his limits, if not professionally. Finally, Snitch Bitch writes, one tiny thing to end. What did we think of Tom and Shiv's wallpaper of faux Victoriana doggy portraits? What's that doing in like a, an incredibly expensive bit of Manhattan real estate. Do you think it's Tom's hick taste and Shiv Uh lets him have one wall where he can do what he wants? That's what I think. Um, Incongruous, writes Sarah. Maybe a sop to Mondale to make up for the neglect. Now, let me tell you something. Oh, God. Someone on Reddit went through the episode frame by frame and there is a shot of Mondale in his crate in that spare bedroom that's been turned into a cloakroom. So, you know, they've got somebody doing a coat check. Oh, Mondale's in a crate in the background. God. These people shouldn't have a child. Love, Sarah Freethy, a.k.a. Snitch Bitch. Next. This comes from Zach War Savage. All bangers all the time. Dear FC and NC, I want you to settle a debate. I think Eba is really beautiful in a smoldering Norwegian kind of way. But my fiancé thinks she, quote unquote, looks like a little boy with that haircut. Yikes. Seeing as we are so far apart and that if she is right, I will feel creepy. Would you two mind weighing in all bangers all the time? Well, I've got good news and bad news for all bangers all the time. Good news, you're right. Bad news, your fiancé is not worthy of you and you should leave her. You can still get out. (laughs) I think that that is an undeniably chic woman and it's very does your does your fiance listen to the podcast? If she does, I love you and I want you to keep listening. If she doesn't, I think your taste is poor and then you have to decide. Do, do, do you think... I think looking at a woman like that and being like, that's a little boy who needs a haircut is a sign of really um, unsophisticated taste. Do you think all bangers all the time has married someone fathoms beneath them because they're afraid to compete? Oh my god. Yep, that's what I think. I, as a rule, try not to talk about crushes that I may or may not have on succession characters. Because I think you talking about Matson like he's a big dick, slab of Ravlax that you want to smother between your bagel slices <laughs> um, is, is, is different than a man talking about a woman in this yeah. way. But I, I do think Eba is very yeah, attractive. Of course. She's who she's, you know, they've thought hard about this incredibly powerful billionaire and who he would fall in love with. I just like, like that short haircut thing. It stirs up something in me. It makes me think of Natalie Imbruglia in that torn video. Yeah. With that big hoodie on. Yeah. I do it's like a that sexy, thing. you know, you've got to have the right face for it. Launches a thousand ships and all that. But um, it's not because I'm repressing an attraction to boys. I wish I did have that to me. I think no, it'd be is, more interesting. This is, I also want to say to him, thinking that that, that is a boyish. She doesn't look boyish to me. But do, also, do you remember it's okay my baby? if he wants to fuck a boy. Yeah. Do, do you remember my um, baby girlfriend? Oh my God, I forgot about baby girlfriend. I can't even remember the name of the band now, but it was one of the boy <laughs> bands on X Factor. <gasps> <laughs> who uh, like a facsimile of One Direction, and there was um, a, a girlish boy in that. It stirred something. It in really you. did, and, and I think it, it was that girlfriend. same Ebba, Natalie, and Brulia thing. Yes, Ebba looked a lot like baby girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> it's not just a hair thing. Like actually, Ebba, Ebba looks like baby girlfriend. I mean, it was a very exquisite face, cheekbones, etc. So I bet he's doing fine. Professionally, he'll have accomplished nothing, but I bet age-wise he looks good. All right, all bangers all the time. Let us know how your marriage gets on. This comes from Ellen. Oh, Ellen, your nickname is Father Sexmas. Who says, long-time listener, first-time emailer. We were slow to start this season of succession because... 
while we have plenty of money, we are stingy with our streaming subscriptions and had to finish another series before cancelling Amazon Prime and starting on Binge. Uh, I think that is very Logan Roy of us because that is how the rich stay so rich. I always find that a funny idea. Oh, that like these incredibly wealthy people who refuse to spend their money? Because it make make, make no difference to your material wealth, but it's a mentality. What else does Father Sexmas say? It also means I'm no longer behind in the podcast and I'm now in real time. My husband can also now stop being mad at me for constantly having AirPods in and sneaking your podcast when I'm meant to be looking after our children or actually listen to what he's saying. Also very Roy of me, I think. And part of the reason why I wanted to include this is that I I love when she says, while we have plenty of money, I know a number of people who have plenty of money and they act like they don't. And it is my least favorite thing. I just think the world would improve so dramatically if it became illegal to not be open about your finances. I just listened to the most recent pod and I totally agree. Shiv is not a negligee kind of gal. And then succession fashion came up on my Insta. And I realised that's the camisole she was wearing at the party, not the negligee you negligently led us to believe. So I think you, like Roman, need to have hundreds of sorries ready. And several people wrote in about this. So she's not put on her slinky little number. She's removed her jacket. Makes so much more sense. Sorry, I don't follow that succession fashion thing. Why not? I don't know. There's stuff you I care should... about the show and you don't care about yes. any of the ephemera around it. Yeah, exactly. So people send me like funny things and please keep sending them to me because it makes me feel connected to you. And that really means something to me if you're a listener. But I don't do anything other than watch the episode six times in a week. And think a lot about the writers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's some, there are some Twitter feeds that make really funny jokes and I'll look at them and be like, how do people know how to write those jokes? Oh, what's that one we both started following I don't know, week? but that bitch is funny fucking funny meg succession text posts oh my god at success text post she is so funny just on the camisole thing and and we see tom laying there in an expensive looking t-shirt do you think it's weird the amount of people on tv who sleep in nightwear or do you think we're the weird ones for being nudie doodies we're the weird ones for being so do you think most people sleep in pajamas and t-shirts and stuff yeah, I know that they do. How? Can, why have you conducted a survey? No, because I talk somewhat regularly about being nudie duty, like compulsively needing to be nudie duty when I'm sleeping. And it's just, it's very minority. Other people, it's not like the weirdest thing about no, us. No, no, no. But um, most people sleep in pajamas and in fact can't sleep if they're not in pajamas. Wow, I don't get it at all. Neither do I. But people are different. Father Sexmas finishes with, P.S., I'm actually a nice person, so being mean to you is both thrilling and also stressful. I could really understand what that felt like. She's like, I think I'm going to try and play along with the tone here, but this is really hard for me. (laughs) And I got all that from that sentence. All right. Our next email is from Charlotte. Now, I'll tell you right now, Charlotte signed her email. I've had names in the past, but I always forgot who I was, Saz. And first of all, Saz, uncomfortable for an American to say. Number two, the laziness and the sort of disengagement while being engaged. She's listened and written to us, but she like, actually doesn't give a shit what we name her. And that's <laughs> such a great detail about her. So this time, Charlotte, I'm calling you the Weekend Malbec Morons. Dear FNN, okay, I'm calling it. I think I've been wanting to say this since season two, but I think Tom's going to commit suicide. I wish I had something funny or witty to add to this, but frankly, I'm as tired as Tom and I need my bed and also maybe a vineyard, even if the wine is crap. Love, Charlotte slash the Weekend Malbec Morons. 
Do you think Tom's going to commit suicide? No, I don't think Tom is suicidal. But I think um, what's going on for us is that we all know some stuff is coming. And so people are sort of just grasping at straws. Now that Logan is dead, where is it all leading? Hmm. And she thinks Tom is suicidal. When she says, I also maybe need a vineyard... (laughs) Do you relate to that at all? Would you like a vineyard? No, but I sometimes think that if my life could go exactly as I wanted it, I would spend a a decent amount of money making my front and back garden, both of which are teeny tiny, because I'm just a humble girl in my terraced house in Northeast London. I'd make both my front and back garden perfect. Yes, because when I thought of you tending a vineyard, I thought about your little bursts of activity in the back garden. Oh, there is one coming. Get ready. <laughs> I'm going to absent. I, in fact, I might do it this Saturday. I've been prepping, thinking if I can ask you if I can be like out of commission on Saturday and like get really angry because I'm getting stuck in stuff, but like I'm sweating. So it's my exercise. All right. Listen, thanks, Weekend Malbec morons. We disagree with you, but it's a big swing and I really like your reference to the vineyard. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The next email is from regular contributor Josh Stroke. Disgustabus. Disgustabus, I feel like, said he's definitely going to come to our live show. He's just going to drop everything and come fucking be there. Or I'll feel hurt and I'll hate you. Dear FNN, have we all forgotten that Kendall killed a kid? This really felt like the crescendo of series one and has followed Kendall throughout series two as he's traumatized and even into season three as he confesses what he's done to his siblings. The question I'm asking right now is whether that confessional moment with his siblings in season three was the peak point of that storyline, or whether the writers are holding this in their back pocket for the end of the season. It does seem curious to me that Kendall is so happy to go behind both Shiv and Roman's backs with such regularity, whilst they still have this very detrimental piece of leverage against him. 
I'd be curious as to what your thoughts are on this. Now, discussed a bus. So, so Jeff and I have talked about this previously. I have been wondering what you've been wondering. And I've been going, have we forgotten that he killed a kid? Is this a Chekhov's gun, but it doesn't do Chekhov's gun, blah, blah, blah. Where I got to with myself is, again, thinking about what feels realistic. Is it what feels like if this actually happened in life? I think we would never know about it. Like, really rich people get away with doing terrible things. And I think that that story arc was over when he unburdened himself. I am very happy to be proven wrong. But I personally, for months, was going, when does the dead kid come back? What, yeah, and I like, remember in that amazing sibling scene, the last episode, season three, saying to you and saying on the podcast, oh, well, I, mean, I don't know what he's thinking of telling those two that because the, 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 these are people who are constantly falling out and they'll weaponize it against him. But I don't know. I think this show has always been more about emotional arcs than story arcs. What is happening internally for someone versus what is actually like what the actual movie in, in the way that the life is because life doesn't divide not, up into a nice. I'm just saying that I think if we had to pick an order, the emotional journey outranks actually what happens in the world. I don't know that it outranks what happens in the world because I think it's actually closer to what happens in the world because life doesn't fall into that neat, no, neat structure that they would teach you in a screenwriting class. I know. Life, life is more like succession. It's, it's unresolved plot but lines. What I'm saying is the progression of someone or the static nature of someone's emotional development feels like it's more key than the story moving forward. And I'm into that. Disgust of us, are we going to meet in person? Don't be weird if we do. Don't touch me, okay? <laughs> Next up is Charlie. From now on, we're calling you a one pepper menu item. Hi, FC and NC. My wife hates succession. She says its existence makes her feel quote unquote uncomfortable and no amount of asking will convince her to watch it with me. Previously, this was a minor annoyance, but given the quality of season four, it has become a much larger issue. How do we solve this problem without it becoming a Tom and Shiv balcony argument where both of us say things we can't take back? Do I need to conflict out all local divorce (laughs) attorneys? Then like a fucking coward... Charlie, I'm going to give you unsolicited advice here. You should have just signed off from there because that shit was funny. But then he gets a little worried that his tone hasn't been understood, which, of course, it was. He adds in the parentheses. Obviously, the answer is that we have a healthy relationship. So I accept that this is my thing. I will get into this in a second. I'm not sure it is. In the same way that Gardner's World is hers. But that's no fun for a podcast. Love, Charlie, a.k.a. a one pepper menu item. Now, their relationship is built on sand. That's sort of how I felt. I was like, buddy, are there kids involved? Get out. But I actually think that Jeff feels a little bit about this with me sometimes with stuff. Like there's stuff I can't get into. And I do think that you love me a little less because there's like shit that you're into that I'm not into. I think part of my growth story... (laughs) Is that you used to need a woman to love all the shit you love? And and I'm letting go of that. Jeff has a hard time with stuff that I don't like that he likes because the 19-year-old version of him thinks that his true love should love all the shit he does. So I guess you just die a little inside and get on with it. Exactly, yeah. It, it used to really upset me that the film Billy Liar, which I, I feel was very formative to me. You found un- unwatchable, but as I get older, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but, but that was, a, that, that I, I specifically wouldn't use that as an example because there was sort of a pressure being put on me that you I kept looking down understand. the sofa. Yeah, truly it was as though Jeff was trying to make it 
as difficult as possible for me to enjoy it. And then that made me feel angry. And then the whole situation made me angry. And all of that colored how I felt about the film. And I bet I could feel differently at some point. But... Let, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Like, can, can you imagine yourself when I'm dead, walking around this house with all these memories and, and just seeing that DVD box, Billy Liar, and putting it on and sitting sobbing? Eventually, several years later, as I was like dealing with my child who was now fatherless because his dad wouldn't go on a walk every day. <laughs> I, I would say die at 52. No, but you know what my fears are. When, when I'm dead, will you talk to me? Every day. Absent-mindedly talking to me. I will talk to you. It will be like part of a meditative practice. I'll talk to you every day until I also die or until I remarry. But if you did remarry and you were enjoying being intimate with your I wouldn't talk to you while husband. I fucked my okay. new husband. I would haunt you. <laughs> From the chair, sitting, masturbating. While no, you... no, I don't oh. mean, no, I wouldn't be enjoying it as a voyeur. I'd be trying to disrupt it. <laughs> Just as you're on a brink of something. <laughs> I'd make a picture frame rattle. <laughs> All right, listen, good luck. I mean, you know what? We're not feeling hopeful. Here's what I think. It's, I think it is actually a darker part of your marriage than you might be willing to look at. <laughs> but I also think that the fact that you're willing to share any darkness in your marriage shows that probably you're in a good place and you're, you're probably actually doing better than most other couples. We wish you all the very best, one pepper menu item, and your wife, even though I'd rather watch TV with you than her. And this comes from Ellie. Ellie, from now on, your nickname is The Great Toxification. Hi, Fire and Norm. Look, dude, I'm just going to give you my rap straight. I'm just getting more and more worried about Kendall's kids. We hadn't seen Rava for so long, and now she's here with more concerning news. I wonder if something dreadful is going to happen with one of Kenny's babies, and that'll be a tipping point for him, not to be better, but to finally acknowledge his hideousness as a man and as a father. God, the tension. Love and frotting to you, Ellie a.k.a. The Great Toxification. I love all my listeners equally. I think you've got some favourites. Yeah, I do, but you know. And, and you know, obviously... Yeah, sorry, I don't a, love you all equally. I don't even know and why there's, I there's that. somebody who uh, you're not feeling very happy at all with at the moment. No. <laughs> what a fucking nasty piece of work. Just kidding. <laughs> um, a point that a few people made was that Kendall saying... I'm doing all of this for my kids, which is literally laughable. Like Rava laughs in his face when he says that. But it's a very good echo to the Austerlitz line when they're doing family therapy. And Logan says, I do do this all for my kids. I I wonder if the thing with Sophie is already the thing. That Sophie's been on the receiving end of some racist abuse. And, And Kendall being forced to look at the toxicity that his father's empire has released into the world. It feels like it sets something in motion. And um, I don't think they mislead us with the trailers, but ahead of this series of succession, they had this promo where it looks like Mencken's won the uh, election and the civil insurrection out on the streets. And it looks like Roman's oh in the middle of it, God. relishing the chaos. Oh my God, I forgot about that. And I think actually a more likely turn of events is the the... Roman thing is a bit of misdirection. That's that's something a bit different. And Mencken doesn't win the election. And it's more like the kind of Proud Boy thing. Yes, I think the Proud Boy thing is going to happen and something bad is going to happen because of those Proud Boys. Can I just say one thing about not how they're going to get there, but maybe like what the end of the show will feel like? You may. I think it might feel like the last scene of The Graduate in that there's been all this drama and struggle to get this thing. In that case, it's the girl and um, snatch her away from a a wedding. And then you're on the backseat of the bus and you're both elated, but thinking, 
oh, what is this though? Where does it go? Is this what I really wanted? I feel that that might be the note it, it ends on. That's a very um, smart prediction. Satisfying, but realistic. How do they get there? It's, I have no idea. P.S. Also, finally, standout moment, North Korea. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Connor's grasp of uh, geopolitics. Yeah. And then P.P.S. If you read this, please give a shout out to my loves, the Savage Janowskis, who are beautiful humans and who pointed me vigorously at this podcast. Thank you for the pointing, Savage Janowskis. Also, that is a crazy name and I'm so into it. The Savage Janowskis. It sounds like it could be a film like the Royal Tenenbaums. Yes, it does. All right, please come and see our live show Wednesday, the 24th of May at the Soho Theatre in London, 7.15pm. It's going to be a tight hour. We're going to have fun. It's for you to come and be amongst like-minded individuals. We'll all have a drink in the bar afterwards. I'll slope off into a corner because I'm an uncomfortable conversationalist. Um, You know, when you are not an uncomfortable conversationalist, if you've got people talking to you about how much they love your work. That's true, actually. So actually, if you just want to go up to Jeff, but don't talk to him about you. Go up and be like, I've been. I've actually been listening to you since since uh, I was a child. Since uh, I was a kid, I used to listen to you. Um, mm. when you yes. Then he's a very adept. If you email Sarah, she can give you some bullet points of the the exact type yeah. of uh, praise that will lubricate the conversation. Um, so yes, there is. I think a ticket link in the bio of this episode. I say that because at the moment it's not live, but when I'm recording this, but I'm hoping by the time we put it out, it will be. I hope and assume it will be. But if not, then just Google Soho Theatre, Firecrotch, Normcore, and it should come up. You can be in touch with us. You know where. Fuck off at firecrotchandnormcore.com. Um, so do you want to f- finish us off? Yeah, I do. Put your dick in my hand. <laughs> I got a French manicure. Do you know what a French manicure is? I know what French kiss is. I know what a French letter is. I don't know what a French manicure is. What's a French letter? A condom. (laughs) But you don't know what a French manicure is? No. I just feel like it's like a really slutty manicure. Uh Okay, I have a French manicure and I'm jerking off your dick. What? Nothing That's funny. <laughs> okay, it just all feels a bit much to me, but... Oh, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm, okay, no, okay, no, 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 no. I'm just a bit, bit more repressed than you are. I don't want you to feel... No. I don't want to shame you. No. Come on. No, 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 Come I on. don't... No. I apologize. Put your dick back in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to try to jerk you, you off put your my gloves French. back on. I'm going to put my gloves on. I'm sorry for showing you my French manicure. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week after episode eight. And we'll see you at the live show by ticket. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, Pound Shop Nan Pierce. And disaster in Maine. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? 
we wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.